The Jubilee, also known as the Yoval, is certainly one of God's commandments that seem quite foreign and strange to us. I mean, how do you even really walk it out and how is it actually even relevant to your life? In the Yovel, we ought to count every 50 years down to this date where we blow the trumpet. We return land to its original owners. We don't work that year in the field. We just live off of it. But see, I want to submit to you to really understand the Jubilee. You need to understand Shavuot. But Shavuot is on the surface just as strange and vague as the Jubilee in Scripture, because we're counting down again. 50 days and this count called the counting of the Omer. And then when you get to that date, you make an offering and you leave the edges of your field for the poor. Now, what is it about these events? I want to submit to you that for you to really understand Shavuot fully, like not just like to keep it ritualistically, but to actually live Shavuot out in your life, you must understand the Jubilee. See, the Jubilee is like the key that unlocks Shavuot in your life, that unlocks the walking out of the Holy Spirit in your life. Today, as we enter this season now of post Shavuot, post Pentecost, where we think about what does it look like to walk in the Holy Spirit? I want to speak about the Yovel, the Jubilee. Let's begin by reading the commandment of the Jubilee briefly. We read in Leviticus 25 verse 8. You shall count seven weeks of years, seven times seven years. So at the time of the seven weeks of years shall give you forty nine. Then you shall sound the loud trumpet on the tenth day of the seventh month on the day of atonement. You'll sound the trumpet throughout all your land and you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land and all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you when each of you shall return to his property and each of you shall return to his clan. That 50 of years shall be a jubilee for you and that you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of itself nor gather the grapes from the undressed vines. For it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You may eat the produce of the field. Now, first off, I have to highlight something kind of peculiar that you may have heard when I read this. In the first verse of Leviticus 25 verse 8, we see the author explain the counting of the Jubilee in a peculiar fashion. He says you shall count seven weeks of years. What does that even mean? Seven weeks. A week has seven days. So what he is saying is count seven weeks, seven times seven of years. That means ultimately we will arrive at 49. And then in the 50th year is that Jubilee. Why does he explain the counting in this manner? I want to submit to you. It is because he desires to make a connection 
to Shavuot itself. Because for the counting of the Omer, that is to calculate Shavuot, we read in Leviticus 23, 15, you shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. To count seven full weeks is to count seven times seven. This time, not in years, as in the Jubilee, but in days. The Jubilee is 50 years and Shavuot is counting 50 days. This is an interesting connection. But is there more? And if there is, what does it mean for us? Shavuot is traditionally thought to be the day where the law was given on Mount Sinai and where the Holy Spirit was given on Mount Zion, as we read in Acts chapter two. I would like to explore both Mount Sinai and Mount Zion in light of the Jubilee. First, Mount Sinai. Consider this. When was the word Yovel, Jubilee, first used in the Torah? It is at Mount Sinai. When they were about to go up to the mountain, they had to wait for the sound of the Yovel, not just any trumpet sound, but specifically a sound that's that uses the word Yovel Jubilee. We read about this in Exodus 19 verse 13. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot with a beast or man. He shall not live when the trumpet, when the Yovel sounds a long blast, then they shall come up to the mountain. The mountain where the presence of God is, no man can just approach. But if the Yovel specifically sounds, then that signals the ability for us to approach his presence and live. The Jubilee was at the year where a land was returned to its original owner. And in Mount Sinai onwards, in Israel's wilderness journey, God brought about a Jubilee land restoration where the land that was at that point belonging to the Canaanites was being restored back to Israel as promised to the forefathers. So we see Israel had their land physically returned back to them. But the Jubilee also is about setting the captives free. And of course, this is what Israel encountered. They that year were set free from their physical captivity in Egypt. But yet, even though they escaped the clutches of Pharaoh physically, they were spiritually not completely free. We see even at Mount Sinai, when the commandments are given, not soon thereafter, Israel builds a golden calf whereby 3000 perish because they are still in spiritual bondage to sin. The last part of the Jubilee fulfilled physically is the gleanings for the poor. We see that when Israel were in the wilderness, manna came from heaven and all of Israel were physically cared for. Their physical hunger was met. But Yeshua did speak regarding that time 
when he said that there was a spiritual hunger that was not met. He said in John 6:49, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. Just because physical needs are met doesn't mean that spiritual needs leading up to eternal life are met. He, Yeshua, is the only one we can eat from and be spiritually nourished for to live forever and not die as Israel died in the wilderness. Thank you for bearing with me. We're now going to look at Mount Zion and you'll see everything starts coming together. I want to submit to you that Mount Sinai, the giving of the truth was so important for God's people and the truth so incredibly holy. But at the same time, to be in possession of the truth doesn't mean that you are free, because even if you know what is right, you can still live a life of not doing what is right. The knowledge of the truth can start the process of deliverance, but it can never bring it to its fullness. That can only occur when the Holy Spirit changes us, delivers us from our sin flesh bondage and empowers us to keep the truth in our lives. This is the worship of spirit and truth that Yeshua says would be necessary of his followers when he spoke to that Samaritan woman. Now let's look at Mount Zion. We read in Luke chapter four preceding Mount Zion. Yeshua is here to declare what he is doing, and he proclaims the Jubilee in Luke 4:18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to be proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year the year of the Lord's favor. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. As Yeshua preaches in the synagogue, he makes reference to his mission on earth to set the captives free, to take care of the poor, to leave gleanings for them and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What is the year of the Lord's favor? The year is the Jubilee that countdown to the 50th year. And that is why he told his disciples to count down to wait in Jerusalem when he was about to ascend. And he said, it is good that I go because Shavuot is coming because the day of the Holy Spirit is coming. The day for the outpouring is upon you. And this reference to wait in Jerusalem is Yeshua's way of saying, I, as I proclaimed at the synagogue, I have come to bring about the year of the Lord's favor to do to bring about deliverance to all of Israel, a spiritual deliverance. And now I am giving you the mantle to continue that work as you fulfill the Jubilee in your life. Yeshua is the Jubilee.
And so we come to Acts chapter 2, where the people are gathered by the mountain, just as Israel at Mount Sinai were gathered at the mountain. But this time, it's not exactly the same because the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Lord descends upon them, upon the people, filling them with the Holy Spirit, with them overflowing with tongues of fire. This is unlike anything that has ever occurred, yet that which was prophesied to occur from the beginning, where God's people could now finally fully walk out the truth and walk like Yeshua always intended them to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We see that the promises of the Jubilee are fulfilled in Shavuot at Acts 2 onwards in the early church. On the Jubilee, there is the Jubilee land return, where land is returned to its original owner, as we discussed. And while that occurred with Israel, when they were in the wilderness and the land of it was restored back to Israel physically, God has now come to retake territory spiritually. See this spiritual war that is all around us. It was taken to another level in Acts chapter two, where as Yeshua was here, taking back spiritual territory, opening the eyes of the blind, setting the captives free, delivering them from demons. So he gave it to all of his disciples to win back territory for the kingdom of God. As we go after disease, as we go after the lame and the sick and the depressed and those who are suicidal and those who feel like they have no hope, as we ensure that the poor have their gleanings and as we ensure that no one goes spiritually hungry. And as the Jubilee instructs, there is also a return to your original clan to the original tribe to which you belong. And that is why he told his disciples, go into the world and proclaim the gospel so that whoever believes will be saved, will be coming back, returning to their tribe, the tribe that God has called them to, to become a part of the kingdom of God. Next, the Jubilee is also there to set to the captives free, as we discussed. But while Israel were set free, yet still in bondage while in the wilderness, Yeshua has come to proclaim a Jubilee that sets the captives free spiritually, whereby which we not only now know the truth, but can live in freedom from sin freedom from condemnation as we are saved by the blood of Yeshua. And this fulfillment all begins in Acts chapter two, when instead of 3000 perishing, 3000 are saved in baptism at Mount Zion, because the Holy Spirit is the only one who can change the hearts of men. This is why, brothers and sisters, we must ensure that we have the Holy Spirit and not just the truth. Just parading around the truth without the spirit will lead to the hard heartedness of man with them building golden calves all over again. But the spirit of God has the power to change us 
so powerfully by the power of the resurrection itself resurrecting us that we can change. But it is now through this that we understand that we must rely on the Holy Spirit, that we are now equipped by the Holy Spirit to set others free, to proclaim liberty and for their hearts to be changed. And the last element of the Jubilee fulfilled at Mount Zion is the gleanings of the poor. At Mount Sinai and in the wilderness, God fed Israel by the manna from heaven. But as we discussed, Yeshua pointed to the problem that it was only a physical nourishment. But he comes now and tells us all that he is bringing a new kind of manna, that he is the new manna. John 650. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. This is the manna, Yeshua himself, partaking in him for us to live forever. It is not about our works. It is not about how we labor that allows us to live. That is like the teaching of the Jubilee itself. It is rather to simply trust in the provision of the Lord to live off of the produce that there will be enough manna to sustain us. And therefore, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that we must be careful not to work for our salvation because Yeshua did. We walk in obedience because we love him and we take joy in the accomplishment of the cross. And then we can be so overflowing with his manna, with his bread, that we share it with the world and they taste to see that he is good. But it means, though, that there cannot be a spiritual famine in our lives. Yeshua is the manna, but we must decide to eat of him so that we can feed others with the one who lives inside our temples. There is a final jubilee in our future that awaits us. Each Jubilee moment, whether it's Mount Sinai or Mount Zion, has been the Father drawing more and more near to us, giving His truth, giving His Holy Spirit inside of us, and next, giving Himself to us to be face to face with Him, with no, no separation at all anymore. It is written in the book of 1 Thessalonians 4:16 that he will descend from heaven with a shout, with the blowing of trumpets, with the Yovel blast, and the dead in Christ will rise first. But then we will be caught up to be with him. We will come up to the mountain, if you will, and we will then forever be with him. Yeshua is the way. He is the Jubilee, the blast that signals the ability for us to approach the Father freely without any worry of condemnation, without worry of sin, because we have been made clean. He is the one. He did the, the reason that the Jubilee can blast is because he has died for us and cleansed us. He is Mount Sinai that elevates us to be able to be with the Father. He is Mount Zion that elevates us by his spirit to be with the Father. He is 
ultimately the temple that he has given us, that we can be with him, that we are one with him as he is one with his father. Brothers and sisters, this is what it means to walk in the Holy Spirit. It means for us to quite simply to be the Jubilee in this world as he is the Jubilee for us to shine his light, to be the light of the world as he is the light of the world for us to give others a taste of who he is. What is the fragrance that you carry? Is it like the incense that is the prayers of the saints? Is it a sweet aroma? Are you the salt of the earth? Are you the light of the world or are you something else? You can call yourself whatever you want, but what are you indeed? I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that God calls us to really think about how can we reach the poor? How can we reach those who are spiritually in captivity in our community? How can we be vassals that become nourishment to them spiritually and physically, fulfilling Mount Sinai and Mount Zion in this world? That is to worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you so much for being with me here today. If this has blessed you, consider partnering with Rise on Fire so we can continue bringing these teachings to you. And I can't wait to see you in the next one. Many blessings to you and Shalom.